Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It was the best of times. Left center field, Grissom on the run. The team of the 90s has its world championship. Lansford, good hitting Oakland third baseman, and Myers bringing it. And the pitch is hit in the air, foul, off first. Benzinger backing and calling. And the 1990 world championship belongs to the Cincinnati Reds. It was the worst you want to go out. With the crowd standing. Cameras flashing, and Rivera cool as a cucumber. The 1-0. Swung on, hit in the air to left center. Bernie trots over. Curtis is there. Curtis makes the catch. Ball game over. World Series over. Otto in second. Ludwig, the possible tying run at first. Two down. The 1-2 pitch. Sliders struck him out swinging. The Giants have won it. And the celebration begins. <laughs> Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Okay, okay, we get it. Start the show. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, man. Big up to the homie Jaquan for the new intro. What's going on, everybody? I am Turtle. Dylan to everybody else, but everybody just go ahead and call me Turtle with me. Joining me late today, the buddy, JQ. Jaquan, what's going on today, sir? Man, you talking about somebody that was out there like Mario Andretti coming down 985 trying to get home? <laughs> it, was, it, it was so ridiculous today. It was like, the sun is out. Let's all go driving at the same time at 5 o'clock and drive really, really badly. So, yeah, sorry if I'm a little out of breath, but I, 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 I'm like a whirlwind trying to get in here, man. How you been doing? Oh, man, I'm hanging in there. You got any horn left in that car? I know you were probably laying on it for a good bit. Yeah, no, not really. It's all – and then, of course, my uh, I went and bought a bait so I could stop smoking black and mouth. Of course, then my the uh, my bait went out. I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't even smoke. I'll sit here stuck. What's going on right now? So, I was like, what's yeah. going on this whole week, man? I mean, this is yeah, it's not a good week for the two of us. No, it's not. But, you know, it's going to get better, right? Because, yeah. Mercy. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, but it's good. We're going into the show this week. Um, right after the NFL draft, me and Jaquan over here, we were uh, texting throughout the whole thing, kind of yelling yes and no and yelling and screaming at our TVs. So uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Before we get started on the draft recap, before we go too in-depth, uh, Jaquan, what did you think of this draft? You know, I thought for the most part that teams found good value and they didn't really reach for the most part. Um, there are a couple of things I'll get into when we get into the winners and losers. But, you know, I felt like there were uh, more winners than I'm used to seeing and not as many losers. And then, uh, you know, a uh, middle of the pack where there was just a lot of good value to be had. Uh, and we talked about it before. I think a piece of that was because there was so deep along the defensive line. And if you really want to say in the linebacker core as well, that it was hard to make bad picks unless you really overreached, you know, the round 
by a round or two. But, you know, for the most part, I, I thought it was pretty good. What about you? I'll disagree with you on the linebackers. I thought it was kind of shallow on true linebackers, but defensive line depth more than made up for it. I mean, there were teams getting starting defensive tackles in like the fifth round. It was unbelievable. I mean, that safe, the, there wasn't there wasn't too many of those standout high quality transcendent players in this draft. But you talk about a starter deep draft. I mean, mm-hmm. at least through five rounds. I mean, we saw we saw Jeremy Cash go undrafted. And this is a guy who went over a hundred yeah. tackles last year. Yeah, and the reason why I say that on linebackers is because, you know, you got those tweeners, so they got them positioned as defensive ends, but some of those guys aren't going to really play defensive end, right? They're going to be outside linebackers, especially in the 3-4 set. So that's why when I say linebackers, it's more also not just the ones that have penciled in as your middle linebacker, your inside linebackers, but those defensive ends, that way, you know, 255, 260, you know, are getting moved yeah. to outside linebacker. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting them in that slot, but, you know, in the – in the prospect list and how they talked about them, they talked about them a lot as defensive ends, but we know they're not going to be defensive ends. Well, before we, since, of course, Blog Talk doesn't give us a full whatever we want, we have a very limited time here, so let's go ahead and get into this. Um, Recapping the Atlanta Falcons, I'll just rattle off a few, and then we can rattle off, and then we'll talk about who we liked. Uh, In fact, I want to go ahead and get your views after I name off these picks before I go into my breakdowns. First round, Falcons took Keanu Neal. Um, second round, Deion Jones, linebacker out of LSU. Third round went tight end, Austin Hooper out of Stanford. Fourth round, Devondre Campbell, who, by the way, I've called on this show like four times. Um, mm-hmm. Linebacker out of Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, sixth round, <laughs> see if we can say this name three times fast, Wes Schweister, the offensive tackle out of San Jose State. And I will forgive you if you've never heard the name. I didn't know him either until I really started looking at Tyler Irvin's tape. Wow. And in the seventh round, they took Devin Fuller, the wide receiver out of UCLA. Any of those names stand out to you? Well, we had talked about a good deal about, uh, about Keanu Neal. Uh, and, of course, you know they're going to kill him oh, in the locker room because they're going to they're put all of those posters up on his locker. I would. I mean, it, it just fits so easily. You know, Keanu Neal have definitely killed him this summer <laughs> with the Keanu <laughs> movie. <laughs> you know he's going to get it. Uh, so I really like that pick. Uh, I think that people overreacted to him, and, and, I, and I listened to your other podcast, and I think you're absolutely right. I think he was going to go in the first round. People were sending out, you know, second-round smoke screens, hoping he would fall to him. Uh, and I also like Cooper a lot, and I like Deion Jones. And I told you that. I was hoping Deion would fall a little further in the draft because my Migos also uh, need some a fusion of, of, of speed and youth at the linebacker spot. So I like those top three picks. Um, and you talked about Deion Jones, um, I think that's solid. And then, you know, once you start getting into the fifth or sixth, seventh round, I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder at that point. Some coaches feel like they can coach him up and fix guys, and they, they may draft him a little higher or, or pull him out the you-know-what here and there. So, yeah, I, I don't necessarily love five through seven, but I don't hate it. But I thought one through four was, for y'all was pretty solid. And if you guys the, – the show he's talking about, I've got another one that I've got up on SoundCloud right now. Um, so once we can meet up a little bit, I'm going to add Jaquan on there again as well. That one's called Shell Shocked. Hence, you know, turtle, all that good stuff. Uh, definitely check that one out. Go check, go check me out on SoundCloud at Shellshocked. Uh, I'll post the link on my Twitter at DylanXShort. Let me know what you think. That one's going to be a little bit more long form. I can really let off and let loose. Um, yes. Keanu, like you said with Keanu Neal, we talked about, we touched on this a lot leading up to the draft. Which, by the way, buddy, me and you far outstripped anybody else I know of, national or otherwise, on getting our picks correctly. Uh, before we even start, by the way, to all of you wondering who won the contest, that'd be uh, yours truly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a lot closer yeah. than I thought. Uh, 
I wasn't expecting yeah. it to be that close. <laughs> you know, just, you're but, not uh, facing me is what you're saying. <laughs> well, I got really nervous when the Bengals took two of your picks in a row. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> but uh, luckily the Falcons played it a little bit smarter this year. So Keanu Neal at 17, uh, a lot the, the prevailing argument seems to be you should have traded down for him. My thoughts on this are if you're willing to take him at 22 or 23, then he's good enough to take at 17. Admittedly, I would have gone Miles Jack over Keanu Neal just because safety was so deep, and I feel I would rather take four exceptional years of Miles Jack, but I'm not going to argue with the pick. I've mentioned this on, on my other show that Dan Quinn's defense is predicated on having a monster of a strong safety. And, in fact, this helps everything else out because on third down when you go into your nickel, Keanu Neal plays like a linebacker, so you really never have to leave your base set. You're always basically going to be in a 4-3. So I think that helps the entire defense. Deion Jones, uh, I like the speed. Again, I would have taken Jatavis Brown. I would have taken Shalit Calhoun in the second and Jatavis Brown in the third, uh, but you know how big I've been on Jatavis. But that was before I realized, before I saw that Dan Quinn wants to – he's talking about playing Deion Jones at the middle linebacker position. I don't think Mm. that holds up. Right now, Mm -hmm. he's at 230. I I don't think that's going to last. I think he's eventually going to end up moving to the weak side. Uh, So the plan for this year, I would imagine, is Paul Warlow to play first and second down and then have Deion Jones come on third down to cover. Austin Hooper, I'm glad you liked Hooper. I wasn't real big on the tight ends in this draft, to tell you the truth. I really wasn't. I really wouldn't have drafted any of them, especially with that defensive line depth. Um, but Hooper was my favorite tight end. He's a big target, about six four, two five ish. He's a good red zone target. Um, they were comparing him to Zach Ertz, and I actually think it's a pretty good comparison. You see a lot mm-hmm. of the flashes of what could be. Uh, he struggles in the blocking game, but you do see those flashes of brilliance where he'll go up and make the contested catches. Just needs to be more consistent. Andre Campbell, I really feel, can be the best player in this Falcons draft. Uh, he's got all the physical tools, 6'2", 6'3", about 240, 4'5", uh, 8", at his combine, um, just athletic specimen. He played the weak side there, but I think he's a candidate to get moved to the middle at some point because he's got a lot of Bobby Wagner traits. And get this number, mm-hmm. opposing quarterbacks last year going against him, a QBR of 55.6. That was one of the best wow. in the nation. Yeah. Especially from a player that doesn't really have the instincts yet. He's, he'll run himself out of plays an awful lot. But that's one of those things that Dan Quinn is really, really good about coaching up about. So I'm excited to see that one. Sixth round, when you're looking at a lineman sixth round, all you're asking for is a trait. Just give me something I can work with. Um, <laughs> right. And Schweister is is okay. He's decently strong. 28 reps. He's not, not massively strong. He's going to move to guard in the NFL. Um, he's got some decent athleticism from his days playing tackle. And when when I turned on his tape, he, he stayed on his feet, which is really all you can really ask for in a late-round offensive lineman. It's basically if you're on the ground in college, you're going to be on the ground in the pros, so I can't take you if you can't stay up. Expect I'm Falcons should just be hoping he turns into James Stone, somebody that can back up at three, at three positions and can give you a starter's reps if a starter's injured. Devin Fuller, he's basically Devin Hester, almost the exact same player. Not a great receiver, not great hands, but great return skills and ran a 4-3-9. <laughs> yeah, and I'm wondering with, with with Cooper if if they were moving. I think Tammy's a little bit probably gonna be a little bit better blocked than he is. If they oh, move Tammy's more starting. Two end sets. But you don't, you don't think they might run two more two tight end sets and let Cooper be the receiving tight end? I think they'll play with it. Put him up there with the new ones. Yeah, I think it's giving them. The I option, think they'll like do it more in the red zone. Target. Yes, more in the red and zone. I, I would imagine. 
somebody to give Matt Ryan a bigger target, somebody he can kind of loft to and who can kind of go up on jump balls. I, I don't think Cooper's going to start this year. I didn't think any of the Titans in this class would start over Tammy. I didn't think Hunter Henry was all that great of a prospect, to tell you the truth. He just seemed very average and happened to be in a very, very shallow tight end draft. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm, you're not really going to be able to tell, especially for tight ends, until about the fourth year. Even Tyler Eifert, who's massively talented, you know this, it took him about three years mm-hmm. to really get going in the league. Yeah, it, it, it took him two years to stay healthy. But uh, <laughs> the, the piece of that uh, is that, I, I, you know, I'm just not really in ever with Tammy. I don't know what he has on people, but he, I, I guess they see the big frame and feel like he should be more athletic. And he is somewhat athletic, but it just doesn't translate. So I, I'm really looking at Hooper to be able to push him, though. But you talk about Hooper being that big. Sanu is 6'3", I think. And then, you know, Julio's just a monster. That gives Matt Ryan some, some physical big bodies uh, down in that red zone, especially, you know, to, to play catch with. So, We'll, we'll see. I mean, I think it was solid. I don't, I don't know why people were ripping it so bad. I think the draft was solid for the Falcons. I, I mean, I think like it was you a said, very solid. I think it was. I think it was yeah. top to bottom the most solid draft the Falcons have had under Thomas Dimitrov. You don't have the Julio Jones type talent in this draft, but mm-hmm. it was a very high floor type of draft. It was a very safe draft, right. and that's what you have to do when you're on the hot seat. And you yep. know, you can't always just go after these big boomer bust prospects. If you look at last year, nearly every pick was one of these high risk, high rewards these boomer bust type prospects, especially Vic Beasley. And you, you've seen that bite the Falcons at least three years in a row. So, I mean, I, I like the draft. I thought it was very solid. I would give it a solid B. I, I would too. I mean, you know, I, I think people just have gotten so used to beating up on it that that's just what exactly. they are. It took, it took them years. It took them years to actually start giving Bengals credit, even though the Bengals were having good drafts. They were so used to them drafting, you know, Akili Smith in the first round. So it, it's those kind of things you have to overcome. You got to overcome perception as well. Um, so my turn, me turn, me turn. Um, so Cincinnati, I, again, I, I thought Cincinnati had a really, really good draft uh, for the most part. There are some I could, a couple I could have done without, but for the value, I thought they did well. Uh, the recap it in the first round, uh, William Jackson the third, cornerback uh, outstanding. <laughs> yeah, second round, Tyler Moore, wide receiver, Pittsburgh. Uh, third round, Nick Vigil, inside linebacker, Utah State. Fourth round, Andrew Billings, defensive tackle, Baylor. Fifth round, Christian Westerman, uh, offensive guard, Arizona State. Sixth round, Cody Core, wide receiver, Ole Miss. Seventh round, Clayton, somebody for Jesus from Safety, <laughs> Illinois. I don't, I don't know. I, I, that was one clearly that I was not over and uh, overly impressed with. So, uh, uh, give me your thoughts on that, and then I'll uh, go through it from uh, my Bengals perspective. It was the tale of two drafts. Your first, all the way down, your first five picks, outstanding. I would give it an A. Uh, sixth and seventh round pick. I was not a fan. Uh, Marvin just had to get his SEC fixed with Cody Cord. There, I could not believe that he passed up on Kiaris Garrett. Uh, I can't believe everybody passed up on him. That's a guy who has Des Bryant traits. But um, your first-round pick, William Jackson. I love William Jackson. He's big. He's about six foot. He needs to gain some weight. He's only at 185. Ran a 4.37. Jumped out of the building. 25 pass breakups last season. I mean. He truly is one of he truly was one of the best corners in this draft, right behind Vernon mm-hmm. Hargreaves. Uh, he's he's still mm-hmm. a little raw, but if he gets to going where I think he will, I think you guys have a shutdown corner for a long time, and you guys are used to that up there in Cincinnati. I think you got your next Terrence yeah. Newman. Yeah, and the thing about it is, and I give the, the Bengals a lot of credit for accumulating talent and also being able to back it up. So if you think about last year, and I was pissed, but it's coming to fruition this year when they went offensive tackle first and second round. Okay, you didn't know if Whitworth and Andre Smith were coming back. You let Andre Smith go. Now you can slide in his replacement this year. 
Uh, this year coming up, you got Fitzpatrick. Uh, not sorry, not Fitzpatrick. Um, shit, you know what I'm talking about cornerback from Alabama. Kirkpatrick. Uh, Kirkpatrick. Kirkpatrick. I don't know brain fart. That, that was you know, I'm super not impressed with him at all. Uh, but they they gave him his fifth year option. But if he has a big year and you can't resign and somebody throws stupid Janoris Jenkins money at him for being you know <laughs> mediocre, then you can let him go right and you get William Jackson to come in and start. Or if Denard can't stay healthy, uh, Pac-Man's getting. I up think there William Jackson and, starts this year. Tell you the I'm, truth. I'm not sure. I think he's much because farther along than a lot of people are giving him credit for. I think he's much well, farther along than people want to give him credit. I thought he was a better corner be, than Jalen Ramsey. I think it's going to be a close competition because Josh Shaw also played, if he would just stop making up stories about saving people, the guy from USC, the <laughs> cornerback. <laughs> he played well last year, so he's going into a stiff competition. Uh, and I think that's good for the room, right? Nobody's going to be handed anything. And it would surprise me if uh, Jackson played opposite Pac-Man. I think Pac-Man has one spot. I think he does. Um, I think everybody else is vying for the second spot and then the nickel cornerback spot. I think it really is. And thank God, you know, the, the Saints, I think the Giants are trying to take Leon Hall off the market, and God bless, have him. Um, Tyler Boyd, Who, Who's the second-round pick? No, Tyler, Tyler Boyd. Boyd from I do really yeah. like Tyler Boyd. Very underrated. Yeah, he, uh, not not yep. a burner by any means. He's kind of slow, but mm-hmm. the guy runs great routes, has outstanding hands. And he does really, really – for somebody as slow as he is, does outstanding in contested ball situations. He just makes plays. And you, you can knock the speed, but you know what I want on my football team? I want people who can make plays. Now, I'm much higher on the third-round pick, Nick Vigil, than you are. Uh, I don't know if you just didn't see enough of him, but trust me, you are getting a heck of a ball player in Nick Vigil. That kid is a monster. He seems a little bit light, I know but he is just everywhere around the football. He'll take Maluga's spot this season. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, hell, I might be able to go out there and take Maluga's spot if I just drink some protein shakes. That dude is so slow. Um, <laughs> but uh, agree, agree. The tape I saw on him once they, they, they uh, made the pick and I went to go do some investigating, you know, he does fly around. But I have the same problem when they said they're going to use some inside that you have with Deion Jones. I feel like he's going to be too small to consistently play inside. Um, and to me, I, I had it like this. If you just got Dansby, and I know he's one or two years at best, but he's still excellent in pass coverage. If you went to got brothers and put him with Burfick, who are going to be two ridiculous run stoppers behind, you know, put, getting Billings in the fourth round next to Geno, and you've got two very good safeties <clears throat> in Ioka and Sean Williams, that to me you have the best of both worlds. And I'm not saying the vigil won't be good, but I just don't know if he's going to be big enough to hold up in the middle. Same concerns you have with Deion Jones. And Tyler Boyd, any, listen, anytime you can take some of Larry Fitzgerald's passing records, I don't care where they are, if you can take Larry yeah. Fitzgerald's passing records, then you're doing something. And Pittsburgh didn't have anybody else. It's not like they had the game plan for anybody else. It was like, yeah, it's Tyler Boyd. He's going to run in the rounds. He's going to run sweeps. He's going to run the, the wildcat. He's going to go deep. He's going to go intermediate. We know that that's coming. And he still was able to catch the ball. So, again, the same thing with Sanu and Jones. They aren't burners, but they, they got contested balls. So I, I was really excited about uh, those two. I don't know enough about Vigil. I, I, I'll go with you because you're my, my, my draft guru. Uh, in the fourth and fifth round, I was loving getting Billings and Westerman, you know, guys that were rated in the maybe, you know, second round. Picks. Absolutely. And I'm wondering if this insurance. means that Clinton – I'm wondering if Clint Bowling or Kevin Zietler move inside now because Westerman's not athletic enough to play center. I could see them moving Bowling over to center to get Bodine out of the starting lineup because – Christian Westerman was the strongest competitor on the offensive line in the combine. I think he wrapped up 34 reps on the bench press. Uh, yep. Great run blocker. Needs to improve a little bit in pass protection, but that's not as big a deal out there in Cincy where Marvin just loves to run 
And in your division, whoever controls the trenches wins that division. Uh, Bill, exactly. he's basically your Demata Pico, only yep. he has a little bit of pass rush to him. Yep. Now, unfortunately, it, your last two yeah. picks, yeah, not real big on those. I give you an F on those. Uh, Cody Core, I like the athletic upside, but he has no real receiver traits outside of being fast and tall. There were much better receivers. I mentioned Kiaris Garrett, who has Des yep. Bryant comps, 6'3", 250, who ran a 4'5". And for that safety, who I also can't rattle off his last name, I've tried a couple times, I don't understand why they didn't go Jeremy Cash if they wanted a box safety. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I don't know. The Ole Miss one I get because we talk about it, and I know people joke and think I'm I'm over-exaggerating. But Marvin Lewis has an infatuation with the SEC. And that's not necessarily a terribly wrong thing because the SEC is always in it every year. They produce players for the most part outside of Alabama. Um, But (laughs) – You know, I mean, I'm just saying, he had his chance to prove it when Laquan Treadwell went down, and you didn't hear anything about Cody Core. You know, he had a chance to blow, to blow up, and he didn't really take advantage of it. I was like, Cody Core? What? I live in the South. I watch a ton of, of SEC football. Who is this guy? And then the safety of Illinois. We talked about this. I wouldn't even recruit out of Illinois. I wouldn't draft out of Illinois. <laughs> there are just some places in the country where I wouldn't go. And that's one of them. And we talked about it. You know, the Southeast, Texas, California, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. And you have a, a great team. I wouldn't even recruit Illinois nor Northwestern. I would stay out of it unless you just want to go to Chicago and hang out. So that's my piece uh, on, <laughs> on the Bengals. <laughs> we'll see if Jihad Ward kind of bumps that from Oakland. I think he might be decent. Uh, so let's go into the draft winners. Who do you have for your draft winner? And I'll play off yours because I've got like three or four. Yeah, and I'm going to leave some meat on the bone for you because uh, I know we may probably have some in common. And I'm sorry I'm going to have to take one, but the Jacksonville Jaguars to me, getting Ramsey and Miles Jack, I mean, I don't know how you don't put them on there. And then Sheldon Day, I think it's a great third-round pick, third pick from Notre Dame. Dante He's not Fowler. necessarily great. And, and you get Dante Fowler back. So that's basically like getting another number one pick back this year. Um, so I'm going to go with them, and i just do two. Um, and I'm going to shock you with this one because I know you're down on some of these guys. But I think Buffalo, for where they got – Raglan and Lawson and Washington, and then getting some insurance with Cardell. I know he's a project, but I think they drafted him where he should have been drafted at. For whatever reason, they're not a, a fan of um, the quarterback they have now, which I just don't understand. Uh, all he's done is, is made plays for them, and you got EJ on the bench who was always projected to be a backup since he took in the first round. But I love, the, I love the value. I think those guys can do what you ask them to do given the value that you got them in the draft. So those are, are two of them. I'll leave some out there for you. I'm sure we have some more in common. No, I, I'd agree with you on Buffalo by taking out Ragland. Uh, I think he's somebody – he's basically the same player you could have gotten Kentrell Brothers later. But I love where they got lost, and I think he fits that defense very well. I love the Adolphus Washington pick. That's a very underrated <laughs> tackle who just happened to be in a super deep draft. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like Cardale. I think Cardale fits there very well. If they can get another speedy compliment to go across from uh, Sammy Watkins and Cardale's got a monster arm, if he can just yep. you know not be dumb, I think I think well, he'll have a decent future <laughs> once Rex Ryan gets fired. It's a, ooh, shots fired! <clears throat> uh, <laughs> Give me yours, I'll, bro. This one might upset you, but you're also not going to be able to deny it. Um, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I have that. One. I I have a sneaking suspicion that Auntie Newsom is secretly Emperor Palpatine just pulling the <laughs> strings on people because every year he gets his guy to fall to him somehow. I, I don't know how yeah. it happens, 
But every year, he's never in the top five, but every year he gets his draft pick, and it, just always. And then just throughout this entire draft, I mean, they they just killed it all the way through. Yeah. They got yeah. Ronnie Stanley, who's instantly going to step in at tackle. They just lost Kalichi yep. Osamele, so now they get another tackle. And they get one who, by the way, isn't as good as Tunsil in the passing game, but is a little bit better than him in the running game. So he was the most balanced tackle in this draft. Um, their fifth-round pick, Matt Judon, out of Grand Valley State, amazing pick. This is a guy that had 20-and-a-half sacks last year. He's very raw. It was against weaker competition. But, man, playing out there beside – on the other side from Terrell Suggs, that kid is going to blow up. Kenneth Dixon in the fourth round. And that kid, whoo, did you hear about what happened with him and Zeke? As soon as everybody went over to Zeke, he was just fuming. I think he fits no, I, that offense to a T. Yeah. The whole fourth round they had. I mean, those five picks in the fourth they round. They had five and, picks. And I agree with Zeke. Yeah, but, but I feel like they nailed them all. Like that, that, all every pick in the draft. Zeke. Yeah, I agree with what you said. That might have been the greatest round that any team has ever had. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't I mean, know it what was unbelievable. about it. Yeah, it was and crazy. Then, uh, one other one I'll throw out. I think Kansas City had a good draft as well. I think nobody super spectacular, but I think for each of their needs, and I think – and Washington. I think Washington I like to yeah. touch more. Washington, I mean, I wasn't as yeah. high on their second-round pick, but they got – they took, they surprised everybody and kind of screwed you guys over there in Cincy by taking Josh Doxson, who, yep. by the way, just plays like A.J. Green, and you have no idea how hard that is for me to admit, being a Georgia guy, <laughs> saying that a TCU player has the same type of traits. Uh, yeah. Kendall Fuller in the third round, I mean, you've got, a, yep. you've got yourself a starting cornerback next year in the third round. I mean, yeah. they got Keith Marshall in the seventh round. And yep. Keith Marshall, by the way, I mean – he couldn't have gone to a better place. They already run his own scheme. The only person in front of him is Matt Jones. And as long as Keith Marshall stays healthy, he's much more talented than Matt Jones. I think you see Keith Marshall surprise a lot of people and contribute early. Yeah, and, and, and throw that in the rest of that. Also, the uh, defensive tackle for Temple, Ionitis, uh, he had a really yes. good senior bowl. Uh, and he was part of the reason why Temple was even ranked uh, this year. So I thought that was really good for the Redskins. And one last one I want to put in there, because we all know the speed kills. The Texans. Getting Will Fuller, and I know his hands are inconsistent, but when you put Fuller and Miller in a three-wide receiver set with DeAndre Hopkins, and then, oh, you have a speed back already in Lamar Miller, and you got Tyler Irvin from San Jose State. I mean, they're going to be a load to deal with on offense because you got Brock in that big old arm, and he can't out-throw those guys, I don't think. They just, you know, the AFC South put some people on notice, and I think they took that mantle that this was going to be Andrew Luck in the Colts division for a while. But, you know, be real careful about that. I like those two teams rising the AFC South. I, I can't argue. I'm not big on the fuller pick. I think they took a lot of high upside guys, but a lot of those Texans players have some pretty low floors. So, Billy O'Brien is going to have to really coach that team up. But anytime there's winners, there's also losers. So, why don't you go ahead and start us off, buddy. Give me your losers for the draft. Well, I'm going to give two, and, 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 and just from principle – I'm putting Tampa Bay first because I love I the Noah so. Smith and the Hargraves picks. Kicker. When you trade up right to get a kicker in the second round. In the second I mean, round. He better be Seabass 2.0. And, I mean, anything less than that is Al Davis is, is sitting up in his grave saying, yay, somebody else was worse than me. Yeah. And, Actually, and the, again, I think what I'm, was his 40 time? What was the 40? <laughs> <laughs> and the 49ers. 
Um, I don't. They could have got Garnett, uh, Garnett in that, you know, the second round, but moving up the game move. and not even get to. Yeah, to, I was really in with most of that their, their draft um, outside of uh, DeForest Buckner. But moving up to get a guard, you could have got like stay put. Um, I, I mean, I, I think given where he was valued at, I don't, I, it's not necessarily a reach whether or not you like him or not. But Garnett not even being the Garnett being the top rated guard on eighty nine and ninety. It was number three. Draft board. Right, and and trading up to go get him, and I don't think a guard had even been selected at that point. Um, nope, I, that's I, I didn't classic get. Chip Kelly problems. Yeah, so I, those, those I, are my I, two. Just, I don't understand. So, yeah, I knew go he ahead. was going to take Buckner because he. I knew he was going to take Buckner because he always has to have an Oregon player. He's never right. gone a draft where he didn't take an Oregon player, and I believe he took two. Right. I believe he took a linebacker too in the later rounds. If I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I, hate I think so I'm going to go with. So. Uh, my biggest loser, I think, New York Giants. <laughs> I mean, coming out yeah. of nowhere with Eli Apple as the number 10 pick, and I know you're a Buckeye, so I know you're not a fan of me saying that about him, but my goodness. It was too high for they him. Got, they got one of the rawest corners in the draft, and they took him at number 10. They took him over Vernon Hargreaves. Yeah, Eli Apple didn't think Eli Apple was going number 10. So, I mean, I'm glad for him as a fuck guy. But, yeah, nobody thought that was coming. They, they, they shocked everybody with that. And they've already got two good corners. They've got DRC. They re-signed Prince of Mukamara, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, I think so. I mean, I, I, I didn't know what they were doing all night. Jerry Reese, he, he's done. I mean, that was just an awful, yeah. awful draft. They didn't get the line help they needed. They didn't get – they didn't get a good yeah. linebacker like they needed. They didn't get anything. They didn't get any more line, like any good lineman. They didn't. They didn't shore up defensive tackle. Nothing. I'm just they watching. Them, like, receiver. what has happened to the New York Giants? Yeah, it's like we're going to have him, Victor Cruz, and OBJ. They got uh, from Oklahoma Shepard in the second round. It's like yeah. that's how well and, and good. Sterling Shepard. That was a block. garbage pick. Sterling Shepard was no was not a top five wide receiver in this draft. He took him in the second round. I mean, this yeah. This other one I know is going to make you smile. This is a team that I have – this is a first. I've never, ever, ever put this team in the losers of the NFL draft. Pittsburgh Steelers. Woo-hoo. I mean – Yes, sir. They got Javon Hargrave, which was a huge steal. I'll give them that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But Artie Burns in the first round? You yeah. know exactly what happened was they wanted um, William, William Jackson. Jackson. And when yep. you guys took William Jackson, they freaked out, so they took the next closest player. And Artie Burns is talented. He's very talented corner out of Miami. He's got the same skill set as William Jackson, but he is the only other corner in this draft who is as raw as Eli Apple. I mean, it, it was it was staggering to me that a team that always gets it right really mm-hmm. missed, and then they doubled up and took Sean Davis in the second round. And I like Sean yeah. Davis as a player. I really do, out of Maryland. But mm-hmm. he's playing safety for them, and there were much better safeties on the board. I they didn't start getting it right until the third round when they took Javon Hargrave. I mean, that was I was shocked. I, I was pissed, and yeah, we had a conversation. I was pissed, and that's part of the reason, probably, why I was so down the visual pick, um, and not even outside of our bet. It was that it was going so perfect, right? <laughs> and then yeah. they, they jumped in front of him and, and did that, but they made up for it. I can live with it with the Billings pick, but that's yeah, ag- agreed. And you could have waited because I'm mean, like you talked about before. Jeremy Cash didn't even get drafted. So the guy you took in the second round, you could have just passed and got something better and came back much later in the draft and got cash. So, but I'm not going to cry for them. You know, that's Pittsburgh. They can draft. 
a pile of dirt in every round, and that'll make me happy. So, you know, teach his own. I was, I've just, I've never seen that Pittsburgh team freak out in the draft, and that's the only explanation I can come up with to why they got Artie Burns. They needed cornerback help yesterday, and yeah. they don't have a corner who can contribute for at least three years now. Artie Burns isn't going to be ready for at least two to three years. So Besides the thing about the fact, it, they're is, a zone team. They're a zone team, and Artie Burns is a man corner. Yeah, and the piece of it is, for everybody listening, this is why people get in trouble. You don't draft, you don't reach for need in a draft. If, if it doesn't come to you, all of the Bengals, and they just happen to get it right, so I'm bringing them up to it. They had a certain set of wide receivers rated where they wanted. They didn't get them because the, the last one went right before them, so they took the next available player, highest on the board, and, and William Jackson. The Pittsburgh Steelers didn't do that. They panicked, given to your point, saying, oh, we need this, so we're going to go down our board and see where the next cornerback is because they can't convince me they have them rated right next to each other to go fill that need, and that always gets you in trouble. It gets you in trouble every time. If you think about the Vikings, it's a good example. They didn't need Adrian Peterson. They had Robert Smith, I believe, at the time, and they were looking to go another direction, but Adrian Peterson fell to them. They drafted them. How good does that make the Vikings look today? <laughs> right? So you, They you were not team with a solid board. draft. Yeah, they were. Damn, Mike Zimmer taking everybody that I want. <laughs> all he throughout the day, that's all brothers. I was getting was text from Jaquan. He's <laughs> a traitor. He's a traitor. <laughs> I blame them. They should have fired Marvin. They should put Marvin as a GM and hire Mike Zimmer. That's what I said then. And it's coming back to bite him in the butt in the draft. So, let's, <laughs> let's come on. Let's get off of it. We can do this all day. All right. Let's, let's jump over to the NBA for a little bit. We've, uh, we've kind of gone on a little bit long on this. Uh, that's why I can't wait until we start getting all of ours up on SoundCloud where we can record as long as we want, my friend. But yes, uh, going into this, you got Golden State playing Portland. And my question is, with Golden State up 2 nothing without Curry, do you even play Curry in this series? Or do you hold him out until you play San Antonio? Well, you know what? It's tricky. I think you, I think you, have, to hold, I think you have to hold him out until Portland at least wins the game. But you, it's something to be said for having rhythm, right? So even if he gets fully healthy with the knee, he's got to get back in rhythm shooting the ball. He's got to get his wind back because I don't care how much you run in the underwater, on the pool, or get on the treadmill, going up and down and playing defense, that your conditioning, you lose it when you don't play for two or three weeks. So I don't Maybe want some to, garbage minutes. Yeah, you know, get him, get him a flow back into the game. You don't want to insert him right back into the San Antonio series and, and have to wait two or three games for Curry to be back to Curry. You follow what I'm saying? So you kind of have to play yeah, a, a, a game with it. So uh, yes and no. I will, but I will still wait until at least Portland wins a game. And if you don't see them going to win a game, then garbage time, like you said. A couple more questions, then we'll be done. Um, first off, even with Curry, you think – or let, let me hedge this first. Oklahoma okay. City or San Antonio, you think Oklahoma City actually manages to pull off the upset, or do you think Durant and Westbrook are just screwed from being in a butcher of a division? Uh, the latter. I think they're just screwed from being in a, in a butcher of a division, even though they got away with murder <laughs> in the last minute of that game <laughs> in San Antonio. Um, well, to be fair, he, Ginobili he, stepped out. He, he did, but, man, you can't throw a forearm into somebody's chest. I can't believe they didn't call that on the road. I, I'm, and Deion That's Wade, where – I think – that's where being Manu Ginobili hurts you because everybody knows what a flopper Manu Ginobili is. Absolutely right. And you know, I feel like Deion Waiters and that bench is going to be the reason why they don't make it because if you look Agreed. at it, if you take, you know, Westbrook and Durant, you feel like they should have at least, at least a puncher's chance in there. But I know I love enough. Kawhi Leonard, but they don't have a chance because they're, they're playing as individuals against the San Antonio system. And we've seen 
through the past 15 years of Popovich, that system is going to, for the most part, trump individual talent. You have to beat them with a team effort. So that's why you're the Marcus Aldridge. Antonio. And, and Marcus Aldridge is beasting out. So I'm, I'm glad yeah, you yeah. took that because I agree with you. So that sets up my, my last question. Um, you think Golden State beat San Antonio? You go ahead and give me yours, and I'll give you my prediction real quick. With Curry. You know, I, I feel like at 100, and I hedge my, with 100% Curry, yes, because they can, they can make San Antonio downsize and, and take, really take, you know, I don't know if Weston's going to be able to hang with him because he's really not a match for Green. And with the, they can speed up the game, and then you all but eliminate Duncan. And I know Duncan is not the same Tim Duncan, but if you can take Tim Duncan out the game, you, you still have weakened the San Antonio first. But it takes Curry to be at 100% where you have to respect him. If you come out there and see he's limping and he doesn't have his rhythm, then I give San Antonio the edge. But with 100% Curry, I take Golden State. I'm going to differ from you. I think San Antonio beats Golden State. Now, I know Golden oh. State's a monster team, but I, th- I think even with 100% Curry, I think San Antonio is built to beat Golden State in the playoffs. You mentioned going small with David West on the floor. I think you go smaller than that. I think you bump LaMarcus Aldridge over to the to the five, and you let LaMarcus mm-hmm. Aldridge just D up and play against Draymond, it'll be hard for him on the boards and against the glass. But what you can do there is you can shove off one of your bigger guys down low to defend, but you can have LaMarcus match up offensively against Draymond, and LaMarcus Aldridge can beat him all day. With the size and the shooting touch, I think Kawhi Leonard, you can stick him. I think they put Kawhi Leonard on Curry, and I think they make Harrison Barnes have to beat um, – Tony Parker, which even that's iffy, but I think Kawhi can erase Curry, and I think Kawhi is the only player in the league who could do that. But I, I think the Spurs are built to win, and I think the Spurs win it all. Yeah, I, I think whoever comes out the West wins it all. So I, I agree with that. So I feel like whoever we, you know, between our predictions, they're going to win it. I just don't think Cleveland has enough horses. They haven't meshed well enough to me yet to be able to have to, to do they're it. They're not a team. Um, but, but glad you, know you mentioned Cleveland. Playing. Go ahead. Let's let's go ahead and knock this one out of the way. I saw this on here when you sent me the show sheet. Do the Hawks have a prayer to pull off a miracle? Uh, in short, no. No. A miracle to me is just winning a game. Just win one on, single man. game and don't lose and don't lose by ten. That that's all I'm asking. This Hawks team is just not that talented, man. I mean, you've seen Horford. You're not a max player. Shaq said it best. If Horford's going to play like this, that man ain't a max player. If he were to show up right. for a game, he could open his checkbook. But he can't do it because Horford refuses to bang down low. He's got everybody sold on this ridiculous notion that he's not a center, even though Draymond Green plays center. Uh, right. I was like 265, 270. He's a center. I don't care if he can shoot the three. He's still a center. Right. Uh, he, yeah. He's not quick enough as a four. Paul Millsap can't get his shot off. This is a horrible matchup for him. Kyle Korver for the love of all that is holy, 38 minutes and one <laughs> shot. One shot. Literally all we had last night was Bazemore and Schroeder. That was it. I was like, come on. Do something. Yeah. We actually had a lead. LeBron yeah. went to the line once, and we still lost. That is never going to happen and, again this series. Kevin Love was three for 17, and you still lost. Yeah, but you know what? It may. And, and what I don't understand is, and I, go, I read a good report on it on Bleacher Report, is that LeBron doesn't have a jump shot, and he refuses to get in the paint. And when he's out there facilitating in the pick and roll at the top of the key, I would go under every screen, I mean by five feet, and I would dare him 
almost embarrassingly dare him to shoot a long range jump shot because if you back off, but they're not, but they're really not doing it. I mean, they're backing off a little bit, but they're not backing off to the extent that I would. I would dare him to the point where if you think you're this great, I'm not going to come out there until you can prove to me that you're going to shoot, shoot us out of the series. And he can't do it. I would sag off of him and, and stay on the roll, man, whether it's Thompson or whether it's Kevin Love, whoever they're using that pick and roll, and help to, to Kyrie. Because if you give him that much space, all he's going to do is try to put his head down and run over you. If you can't get a charge in that Shaq situation, talked about then that. you just you aren't trying to play good defense. That's what I would do. And J.R. Smith can't can do that for for four or five games, and he definitely can't do it until the end to win them a title. They can't win that way. They're not Golden State. They're not going to shoot like that every time. So I, I don't know why they just don't do that more. I, that's what San Antonio did the first time they played them way back when, and they did that when they beat them the last time. Make LeBron a jump shooter or make him get his big butt in the post. But if he's going to hang out there to the three-point line, I wouldn't respect it. That's actually what Shaq said. He had a very interesting take on Buck and Kincaid, another show on 680 The Fan, um, where he was talking about LeBron. He said, you can't compare LeBron to MJ. Michael would kill you with points. LeBron will kill you with assists. That LeBron is a pass-first player. LeBron is much more magic than he is Michael, and it's very true. Yep. And he pointed yep. out that you'll see teams, all these teams crash in four or five people on LeBron when he charges the lane, and he just dishes out to these guys for an open three. And any any NBA player can hit an open three if you give him enough tries. But yep. if you just let LeBron, and he, he said, let LeBron get his 40, don't let, anybody, don't let him dish to somebody else. And I, I wholeheartedly yep. agree. LeBron's shown you he cannot be the guy to win it on his own. He does not have that Michael streak in him. He can drop 60 in a game, but he can't hit that last shot for one. I don't care what people try to make you believe on ESPN. That's not LeBron's gene. It's never going to be his gene. And even LeBron's shots are because people are scared. You cannot backpedal against LeBron because he's going to charge into your chest and you're going to get called for a foul. So I'm fully on board with that. Let LeBron be the one to beat you. Um, Mm -hmm. Just hover around Kyrie nonstop. Take Kyrie away. Take Kevin Love away as much as you can. Make the Tristan Thompsons on that team and make LeBron be a jump shooter and actually beat you himself. And I don't don't think he can do that but I don't think the Hawks can force him to. I, I agree. I think if anybody's going to knock him out, that's going to have to be the formula. But it just is. Totally agree. I mean, that's why I think the Spurs beat them easy. Kawhi can erase LeBron. We saw it in the last finals where they met up. And that, that really just shows you just how good Kawhi is and yes. how in his age LeBron has kind of fallen off a bit. The, the knuckleheads mm-hmm. at ESPN will never let you believe this because LeBron is like their life. They're riding that guy's <laughs> jock harder than anybody. But it's true. He's no longer the best small forward. I wouldn't take him over Paul George. Uh, I would take at least two. I would take, I'd take three. Durant over him today. I would take Paul George over him today. I would take Kawhi Leonard over him today. And I'm not shy. I would take Curry over him. I mean, it's – I don't think – I'd probably take Damian Lillard over him right now. Okay, I won't tell you that's – okay, I won't, I, don't, I won't agree with that one. But I, the other ones, I can't really make an argument against that. I, I, I just can't. I mean, my thing is, I don't understand at this point when you're that big and that agile. You don't, he shouldn't even really have to worry about a jump shot. But he doesn't have a low post game, so he's caught in no man's land except for trying to bulldoze. He not like getting banged. But, you don't like getting banged around the post. It. He's weak. He, he well, does, I mean, but he, he don't like when you bulldoze him back. Right, but that's where he's going to have to live here soon. I mean, because people have, have the blueprint that you don't have a jumper, bro. Just, just yeah, and when he is. can't, when he can't jump out the building anymore, 
It's going to mm-hmm. be a long fall for LeBron James at the end of his career. People are going to wonder what happened, but I think LeBron retires early. I don't think he sticks around like Kobe for 18 years. I think once he starts to fall off and he really can't and he has to go down low, I think he's done. I think he takes his money and he leaves. I, I agree. And I on that see, note, that. we are we're up against it. I just looked down the clock and realized this. That blog talk lady, that woman, she's, she's, she's about to come yes, in and man. cut us off again. Yeah. Um, we got to meet up. Uh, like I said, get another mic. We'll meet up and we'll do us another show. We'll do us a live show, put up on SoundCloud to go along with these blog talks. Uh, again, to anybody who wants to check out my show on blog on SoundCloud, it is Shell Shocked. Uh, you'll find the picture of me and my wife if you scroll down far enough. Twitter at Dylan X Short. Jaquan, always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. I'm yes, sure sir. we'll start texting again as soon as we're done because we really didn't touch enough for us. Um, anything else for you, Dad? Any baseball? Yeah, I want to thank everybody for for tuning in. I just want to get us in here, man. The Reds bullpen allowed a run in their 21st straight game yesterday, which is a major <laughs> league record. And you know why they're so terrible? Because the payroll for the whole pen is $4.75 million, which is less than what the Rockies Jake McGee makes by himself this year. I just had to get that in there because you know how I feel about Walt Jockery. If that doesn't get you fired, what gets you fired? 20 straight games for your bullpen gives up a run? Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. And on that Thank note. Thank you, people, for <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Make sure you tune in. Give us a few listens. We'll catch you next week. Bye now. Uh, all right. Talk to you later, bro. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.